in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday. Tomorrow's the day. Lars City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila the Shots, back on the road. And for the first time, this is a Tavern Tour stop, 2023 in January, which means it's the first one. We are going to be, you got it right, at the Alley Cat, the Alley Cat, the legendary Alley Cat. Somebody actually tweeted at me and said, I don't know. If I've ever been inside the Alley Cat when it hasn't been past midnight, and I think that is a lot of those experiences out there. But you know it, you dig it, and I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. You know this, that the Heaven Hill Distillery products are going to be flowing. You know that. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Alley Cats with our friend Brett Halverson, our betting analyst, 3 until 6 right here on the show. I can't wait to dive into stuff last night. I know everybody wants to be mad at how Rosemont handled the post-game presser. That didn't so much strike me. I think it was more of during the game, and they broke down after the game what was being thought, talking about IU and Minnesota last night when it was, at times, it was brutal to watch IU shoot jump shots. Brutal. You know, I asked that question, can you bottle up the Tamar Bates game on Sunday against Michigan State? Well, clearly, that's either going to be something that happens inside the friendly confines or something that's going to happen maybe one in every five games or so because it wasn't anywhere near anything last night. Nobody. Nobody. And Trace Jackson Davis is the reason why you have IU fans, and that worked out great for Rosemont as well because at least they got the win and everybody can say, well, you won. You know, everybody that says all that matters is winning can sidestep the fact that you gave one of the, I don't know if it's going to be notorious. To me, it doesn't really matter. I just kind of go with what happened in the game. I kind of go with what happened in the game and why in the second half you didn't see Malik Renew. What do you have? Ten points in the first half, and looked as good as he had offensively. And again, I know, I know what was said that it was going to be a low-scoring game, and they were concentrating on defense. I mean, who do you think you were guarding out there? You just had to get your hand up on one dude, basically, in Minnesota, and that was it. I mean, you, you weren't playing against a very good offensive team. So to me, I'm thinking if you could scratch together some offense, I don't care who's giving you that offense. Put them on the floor. Put him on the floor. And the other part about that is, too, when it's not the head coach like that, you're you're obviously going with the philosophies of the head coach. There's no question about that. And then in that second half, you're going with 
guys that you absolutely trust the most. It's not like that a lot of them, with the exception of Trace, would have given you any reason to continue to play them last night, but you got to play somebody. I just can't imagine having to deal with the fact that they would have lost that game last night, and that thing was hanging in the balance. Now, you could tell, though, late, that battle kid that was knocking down the threes, the left-hander, uh, he was getting gassed, and their whole system was malfunctioning. So you could kind of tell down the stretch that they were going to struggle. That's why I'm thinking, man, if somebody was going to give you offense in that game, put them in. Put them in. But IU survived, and Trace Jackson Davis did absolutely everything. Scored, rebounded, timely scored. Oftentimes brought it up against pressure. Oftentimes dribbled a little bit too much, but he he was trying to make sure the job got done. I honestly didn't blame him. But he has been so good. So good, especially over this four-game span. They've won four in a row now. And you can say what you want about last night, but that does put them back into a conversation of being real. We'll see what happens with, you know, the guys and their confidence on a night in and night out basis, because clearly nobody had it last night. It almost looked last night. Like the reason why race Thompson was out there is because that's where he was from. There wasn't much going on. He looks, I thought Robbie Hummel said this right last night. He, he looks kind of out of it. You know, coming back from an injury, not playing very much. Kind of looked out of it. But I wasn't so much worried about what was said after the game as I was about what was actually going on during the game. And I'm talking about both playing and coaching-wise. I would have probably in the second half aired more on the side of, can somebody come in here and score the basketball besides one dude? More than I would have worried about how Minnesota may go off with guys that look like, in in terms of playing-wise, they should have been at the Y. Some of those guys did. Hey, they battled, though. Give them credit where credit is due. This is probably fun for them. Nobody gave them a chance. They're at home. It'll be a good time for them. But let's face it, IU grinded that out. IU got a road win. And really, even with what they had, that 9 o'clock start in Minnesota stinks. It has to stink for those guys. But that was the most important aspect. And, and no, no, no. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't wipe away the lack of consistency from one game to the other or the disappointment you might have with their offense and some of these other guys, I guess everybody else other than uh, Renew and Trace. It doesn't wipe the slate clean, but it certainly does not muddy the water more than it needs to be because you go up there and you get a win and you do you get the hell out of Dodge. There is a lot to be said about that. The must-win crowd or, hey, just-win-baby crowd, you you can't have it both ways. You you know, you just can't. It just Okay, they got out with a win, they got out with a win. And then you can break it down how ineffective these guys were and why, why it didn't work, and then go to work on it uh, up until the next game. But there is a lot of truth to that. You go up there, you get a win, and you get out, and that's what they did. Uh, But Trace Jackson Davis has been fantastic. A 25 and 21, he is putting up some incredible numbers.
recently and once again last night, I'm a little bit giddy. Because I want, and, and Boilermaker fans deep down inside, like the Boilers on the road against Michigan later on tonight. Rob Blackman's going to join us coming up a little bit later on in the show. I think they've been staked out at Ann Arbor. They left on Tuesday to get up there ahead of the snow and the weather. But let's face it, Boilermaker fans, you're right there with IU fans, aren't you? Don't you want these teams to continue to win? Well, I know you do with your team. But don't you secretly want to see IU win so you can get that clash coming up on the 4th of February? I cannot wait for that. Let's hurry up and get this thing going. Get these wheels moving. Week from Saturday? A week from Saturday. So, yeah, you want IU to continue to win? You want IU to continue to win so you can give them what for down in Bloomington? And IU just wants to continue to win to continue to win. So you can put that that losing skid, the Penn State, the Northwestern, the second half of Iowa in the rear view. You know, it's funny when you think about games that you end up winning and then you go, oh, well, they played so terrible and you want to break that part of it down for a moment. You look back at the Iowa game and they played so well in the first half. I mean, as well as we've seen them play all season only to absolutely break down in the second. There's nothing feel good about that. And hell, against Iowa in the first half, they probably played as well as you've seen them play in a while. Certainly in a loss. So you embrace it. You embrace it, and then you wonder if you can get anything whatsoever consistent out of anybody other than Trace Jackson Davis at some point. They're going to need it. And then you hope everything remains the way that it is until next Saturday and IU and Purdue round number one, which will absolutely be a blast. Paces a loser last night on the road by six to Orlando. Haven't heard anything regarding Miles. Any Miles news regarding the tweak? I will give you guys credit. At least I didn't have to hear last night about, oh my goodness, Miles hurt again, hurt again, hurt again stuff. Because he did put up numbers. They just got off to such a bad start. Such a bad start defensively. 46 in the first quarter. 46? Now, I mentioned yesterday that Orlando, Orlando has young talent. They should because, hell, they draft in the draft lottery about every second. Shout out to big Gary Harris because Gary Harris, the son, shot the lights out in Orlando last night, the former Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. He was on fire. I do like to see that. Good kid, great family. Dad's a friend. I do like to see Gary Harris turn and burn as he did from distance last night. That is probably the biggest reason why they end up winning. What do you have, 22, I think, last night, and then ultimately buried all those threes? Squashed a couple of uh, comeback attempts by the Pacers at that point. But no, the defensive problem, you you cannot get yourself behind like that. And I know it's become, I don't want to say cool, but certainly a thing for the Pacers to get down early, work their way back, and then, you know, as they did against Chicago the other night, end up winning a game, but that is not a recipe at all for success. Not at all. Because you have to work too damn hard 
you get down 15, 17, 20 early, too damn hard to get back into it. And oftentimes you see teams in the NBA, you most always get back into it. There is always a run. There used to be a, you can count on an NBA team always having a run, and now it's you can count on an NBA team having like two or three. They're always going to get back into it, but how much energy do you waste trying to get your ass back into it? And then have that team that's had the lead, had the advantage, step up and then pull away once again. And when you think about it, your defense giving up that much and getting that far behind, for example, in the first quarter, it really is, to me, a comparison you can make to this team. This team can surprise, it can win, you can be entertained, and that's great. But it's not that great. It's not a combination of players that's going to win consistently at a high level. I think most of us, at least a lot of us, understand that. They don't have a margin for error. When you lose really anybody, and especially like Tyrese Halliburton, there's no margin for error. You suffer the consequences. And it's the same with this team when you constantly get down or when you allow 46-point quarters, which is ridiculous. I mean, just stand there with your arms up maybe. How many wide-open threes did Orlando get in that first quarter? I know Eddie was on the these were the part of the call last night. Just so many step into looks. You think that these are layups for college guys, for NBA guys? That's incredible. That is like a layup. But there is no margin for error, and you cannot continue to do that. And the Pacers, by the way, have a schedule that looks rather daunting. They haven't won a road game since December. Next up for the Pacers, once again, looks like a close to full strength. Maybe all the way back, Bucks team coming up on Friday night at 7. So, once again, a tough road. And we'll find out, hopefully, a little bit more about Miles. I will say this. I was there last night for it. Bancaro... V. Matherin. Anybody noticed last night that there were some points where Matherin was more about that battle, I think. That was more in his head, that particular personal battle, than it was the whole team thing. Now, you could tell he was out there. He was out there trying to make it happen against the guy that was drafted in front of him. But I was there for the back and forth. That was entertaining. Matherin, 26, Bencaro, 23. I mentioned Gary Harris. All six three-point shots that he did take, he did make. 22 points in all in Orlando, a 126-120 win over the Pacers. And a tough road absolutely continues for the Pacers, as I mentioned, coming up on Friday night at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. Memphis on the road on Sunday, Sunday evening at 6. Lakers in here on the second. LeBron James is going to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer before at some point in that Pacer game or after. What do you think? I'm going to go with after because after they play the Pacers, they're on national media against the Bucks. What's he have to average to get there? What's he have to average? I know I asked you math questions. Where would you go to high school? 
Uh, UND. And, and then for college. What'd you get a high school? You didn't go to sorry, high school at UND. I misheard you. Uh, Decatur Central. <laughs> Decatur Central. Are they good at math there? Do they know the math real good? I was. Their arithmetic really good? I was strong in math. That right, was my well, strongest subject. I think it's 35. I'm going to look and like give 35 you per to do it here? Yes. I don't know if anybody cares. That would be that would be a benchmark. I don't it's not like I don't know, scoring the most ever as a benchmark. It's not like for example, if you're the Colts, you know, being the victim of the greatest comeback in NFL history, you know, that's a benchmark I don't think you want to be a part of. I don't know if it would be a bad deal if if here LeBron James broke that. Around 35 is what the arithmetic aficionado from Decatur Central High School, Eddie Garrison, swears to right now. So we shall see. All right, Colts head coaching search continues. (laughs) You guys are going to blow a gasket on this, aren't you? You guys are going to blow a gasket. I am telling you. I am telling you that signing a petition – and being incredibly outspoken in social media, while that's fine, you have every right if you want to do that to do it, but if the owner wants Jeff Saturday, the owner is going to get Jeff Saturday. If that's what the owner trusts, that's what the owner's going to do. I don't think that's going to sway it at all. That's not like the crowd on a fourth down call this past season. That's not going to be swayed. You guys can do whatever you want when it comes to that. Probably further down the road. Further down the road, I think, if you're a part of that and you sign that, you'll probably go, eh, that's not the best. Now, probably either way, too. I mean, if you hire somebody else and you get your wish and you win... There's no doubt there's probably going to be some regrets from you, I would think. Unless you guys are moving, or in this case, unless a lot of you are so outside of what we like to reference as the golden era, meaning it has been more losing and disappointment than revering in what was the greatness. You don't let anybody ever tell you that one well, you know, it's disappointing because it was one. It's always disappointing when you lose a Super Bowl. You have to be a major numbnut not to believe that. That's always going to leave a level of disappointment. But again, 41 was awesome. It will always be awesome. You will always have that. For those of us that have lived longer than most of you listening out there and had to go through the, you guys think this is the crap water era. Yeah, come on. Let me tell you a little story about the mid to late 80s that you probably don't want to hear. So, to a lot of us, and I'm assuming a lot of us in Generation X, it just means a lot more. Again, if I thought that what was being done here being active in social media. Because again, you know, I'm not in the Jeff Saturday lane here. I'm in the Dan Quinn lane. I understand when you need somebody that is a quote-unquote leader of men. 
I think Dan Quinn is that. I think Dan Quinn brings a lot to the table that is necessary for this team right now. I just, if, if I'm a fan, though, and I certainly loved that era of Manning and Wayne and Marvin, Jeff Saturday and that group, I probably would not rock a petition. I probably wouldn't rock my signature on a petition. You guys can do whatever the hell you want to do. But I probably wouldn't do that. Especially when I know deep down inside there's going to be no sway tactics here. It's not like, oh, wait a minute. Got a thousand people here that want me to change my mind. So here it is. You never know. You never know with Jim Mercy. It may be counterproductive for you. He may say, all right, so how many people, how many people have signed that petition now? Do we know? It was over a thousand, I think, last night. How many people have signed that petition? He may look at that and say, all right, here's what I'm going to do. You petition signers, you radio big mouth afternoon talk show hosts that think I'm not doing the right thing and you think I meddle too much and you think I'm a part of the equation way too much right now that has led to where we are. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be smarter than the room right here. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with what I know. I'm going to go with what I trust. I'm going to go with my gut. You may be persuading the owner and being counterproductive to your own measures. Maybe. Maybe. Again, you got to do what you want. And it's made some stories. I mean, if for nothing else, the star picked it up. Who else picked it up? Deadspin. 2,500. 2,500. They wanted to reach 1,000, if I read accurately yesterday. And they have 2,500 that have signed. I don't know. I just think that there are times where there's just not a lot of trust going on here. I I don't know. I think this speaks to a higher level of lack of trust from the owner to the general manager on down right now. This is just a product of being incredibly disappointing. Seems like that's where you are. Now, do we know that everybody that signs that, do we, is there, is this something where I could, with my Connecticut water question of the day, could I find out, could I shout out to those that signed the petition and ask them just for a moment, even if you dislike me immensely, just for one moment to jump on and to give me your thoughts on Twitter, who you want, or is it just anybody but Jeff Saturday? Oh, there's people on there, and you can see their... You can see who they want? Yeah. Well, some of them mention them. Give me uh, give me some mentions right now. I don't have the petition in front of me. Give me some of the mentions, some of the ideas that these petition signers have. Uh, I'm seeing some Brian Callahan. Somebody says they're signing this because they love the Colts. Raheem Morris is another name in there. Uh, one and eight. Uh, 1v1, Brian Callahan versus Jeff Saturday and Rainbow Six Siege and see who wins. Whoever wins becomes the head coach, but Jeff, you have to play blindfolded. What the hell's that mean? The video game. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't 
I don't get that nerdery. Continue. Uh, the Colts under Jeff Saturday were in the lower quartile of winning. And that lower quartile, we were in the lower quartile of that lower quartile. Okay. All right. Hold on one second here. I've always been of the opinion, had Jim Irsay handled this differently, that we would not be here right now. Had Jim Irsay just pulled somebody or allowed Chris to pull somebody off the team, off the staff, and coach the rest of the year, we would not be here. You think, is there a petition if Jeff Saturday's in the running right now? Had he not coached those games? I would say no. What do you think? It's going to be tough to come up with this because everybody right now has their mind set because you have, you've seen him coach. You've seen the evidence of this team losing all but one game down the stretch. But honestly... Do you think more than certainly right now would be on board with this outside-the-box thinking? Because really what we have in the coaching ranks, you you got a bunch of offensive coordinators that's never done it before, a couple of defensive coordinators that never done it before, and you know one guy that's been to a Super Bowl, but a lot of people give the credit to Kyle Shanahan, who was the offensive coordinator when Atlanta goes to the Super Bowl, and then blame him, Dan Quinn, for that second-half meltdown. And then a guy in Raheem Morris, who did not coach well Tampa Bay. He's been a head coach. But now, all of a sudden, people believe that the second time around, he's going to be better. Right now, with a clean slate and the outside-the-box thinking... And the fact that Jeff Saturday has that history as a player here in success without the losing as an interim head coach. How do you think the people, the Colts fans, would view him now? I think they would be more open to it with if he didn't have such a catastrophic interim basis because it would be more in the outside the box thinking like, oh, bringing back Jeff, like the old days with him and Peyton. You know, bring back the winning mentality, somebody who can be a, quote, leader of men and uh, hold guys accountable. So that was such a massive error for Jim to bring him on board when he did. Because you have to remember If also, you really wanted, if, you, if you're Jim and you really wanted that, and especially you knew that your general manager didn't, that was just a massive mistake. I know we're comparing apples and oranges here, but Ballard was, was one of the first people to give Matt Rule an interview back when the first time Ballard is making this hire opened with McDaniels, eventually led to Frank Reich, uh, he was ahead of Matt Rule before the rest of the NFL. So he has been an outside-the-box guy once. And I feel- well, yeah, outside-the-box guy also can equate to, I think I'm smarter than everybody else in the room, too. So Hey, you can say that. I can't. That's the other, that's the <laughs> other aspect of it. But, yeah, outside-the-box thinking. It just, it, to me, you would be looking at this completely differently had it been handled differently. And they're not been. And I, I know how you're reacting right now. You're just reacting from what you saw. I get it. Again, I'm right there. I, I think they need to go a different direction too. But my direction just is with somebody that has done that before, been down a similar direction in the past as a coach. We'll discuss that. Yeah, the petition thing. It may work against you. You never know may work against you. Uh, Rob Blackman a little bit later on. Uh, Mike Chappell is going to come up here in the 5 o'clock hour as well. 
Got that going for us. And, of course, we'll follow any stories that pop regarding Miles Turner last night. I don't know if I want to say pop. Looked like he rolled an ankle a little bit. I thought initially he stepped on somebody's foot. It was Markel Fultz that was around him. Uh, after the fact, it did not look like he did. It looked like he just kind of rolled his ankle. Uh, he stays in, knocks down a couple of free throws, makes a defensive play, and then goes out in the final 20 or so seconds of the game. Pacers lose. We'll follow that story. Pacers, Bucks here in town coming up tomorrow night. I mentioned the Boilermakers and Michigan coming up later on tonight. We'll get to that with Rob Blackman a little bit later on. And the latest on the Colts coaching search. Who's Jordan Schultz? you know who that is that had the tweet? Jordan Schultz had the tweet earlier today that the front runners, Jeff Saturday, because the owner, Jim say that's who he wants. He's with the score. He has been very active on this. I don't, I don't know if that means anything whatsoever. I would feel secure in telling you it probably doesn't mean very much. But sometimes these guys get it. But I would tell you it probably doesn't mean a great deal. Quick break, and we'll come back. Again, HD Radio, if you have that, lock us in there. The stream, the app, you got us inside the lounge via YouTube Live, a road show for the ages tomorrow. And your chance with Royal Pin Woodland to win some time inside the bowling alley to have a blast and to go to the U.S. Open of bowling as well. Your chance to win when you hear Pete Weber at some point on a reentry during the show. Your chance to win is coming up. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. She returned fast times, paused at 53 minutes, 5 seconds. Do you know who pauses fast times at 53 minutes, 5 seconds? People who like boobies, Ew, Robin. Gross. Boobies. Don't say boobies. Not a big deal, okay? I like boobies. You like boobies. Vicky likes boobies. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You watch Stranger Things, Eddie? No. They tell me that I need to watch it. They tell me that that particular soundbite comes straight from one of the seasons of Stranger Things, Eddie. True story. My brother and sister have told me I need to watch it, so I may get to it eventually. People tell me and make fun of me and call me a joke because I haven't seen it. They say, all you do, all you do is relive those great days of the 80s and you haven't watched this. What's your problem, joke? Say, the joke has no problem. The joke just hasn't watched it yet. I reference myself as the joke. It's from Justin, AJMV. If Jeff has a winning record, everyone would be fine bringing him back. People are pissy because they can't be, or they can be, I should say. Yeah, the owner, the owner served this up, and this being Jeff Saturday, his hand-picked, interim head coach on a platter right now to those that are sick and tired of being sick and tired around here. If you wanted that to remotely work, hey, listen, we'd be debating are you know what off at this point right now, right? Had he been a name in the mix here? Just fresh off the set of ESPN? What, Really? The more of you would be down with the program instead of not. I don't know 
know how I would feel right now. I I just know this. I know after watching this team, what I feel about this team, and especially as it started with Frank Reich, who, by the way, has a new gig. Frank Reich is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, so I'm assuming he will raid the coaching staff here. I don't know if you guys are going to mind, but certainly some names, some names that you know. You're probably saying, yeah, please don't take Chris Strasser. Please (laughs) don't be that way. So what do you think? Is Parks Frazier going to be the offensive coordinator? Huh? Oh, yeah, you got to walk. Well, you're just walking by. You can say yay or nay. Uh, So Frank got a new gig. Hey, JMV, this is from Jeremy Bullard. I have 25 people that would rather have Blue as the head coach. I'll be honest with you, and I've said this before, I would so much more put effort and care on what in the hell is selected as the quarterback than I would about this. Yes, I care, and yes, I have a direct opinion regarding Dan Quinn, and I've stated it. Really, a couple of different paragraphs worth of statement as to why I like it and the reasons behind why I like it. But I'm sorry, sitting here right now, that's what you have to find. And you're going to be throwing some darts at a dartboard with this quarterback group here. When you think about it, when you think about it, and again, I have my opinion on who I like right now, and that's in terms of really off of one really good game against the national champion. Hell, that's probably not enough. And again, our minds may change over the next couple of months after the combine, but you have to get that right. There is no way around it. The reason why you are where you are right now is because you have been unable to get that right after the former number 12 quit on you. You have to get that right. Listen, if you you whiff on this, somebody's going to go and we'll all be mad and stomping around and shaking our fists, but you cannot screw. You cannot screw up the quarterback thing anymore. If you have somebody you believe in in this draft, I was just asked this earlier today. If you have somebody you believe in, you got to go out and get that somebody. You got to make sure you have that somebody. Hey, listen, if you can stay at four and get what you want, then that would be like the first ounce of good fortune that we have seen around here in ages. But if you can't and you know that you can't because the board is speaking to you, then you damn straight better listen and make sure that you have the option that is necessary to get what you like, to get what you believe in, and not settle. It has been settle after settle after settle. And while the head coach is incredibly important, I'm not trying to understate that whatsoever. Let's not lose sight still of what is the longer-term level of importance and that is making sure that whatever you do with this quarterback situation and I think I'm assuming correctly here when you draft one that you get the one that you believe in and can lead you into the longer term future and not bring somebody in oh yeah he's got plenty of game left and there's your arm 
he needs to run for his life right now because this offensive line you built's not working. But hey, look, he can't get away. That's what you got to be sure about. That to me is going to be more important. But we live in the moment, though, and I get it. We live in the moment. And the moment right now dictates that all the conversation is surrounding the head coach. I'm not trying to minimize the importance of that. But to me, the broader scope is this. you got to get there some have-tos I talk about all the time in terms of must-wins. There is a must-get quarterback long-term future situation here. Hey, JMV, does Ursay feel like he owes Saturday since he left ESPN and took on this mess to the point where he will give Saturday another position in the front office if they pick another coach, creating even more of a cluster? Uh, Rex, that's a good question you ask right there. My thought is if Jeff doesn't get this gig, he's going to go directly back to ESPN. Directly back to ESPN and go home have days when he's in Bristol and doing his thing and days when he isn't, and then be very valuable because he's going to have this incredibly wacky experience to lean on. So that's what I think is going to happen. There was a point in time, Rex, and I'll give you credit for that for bringing it up. There was a point in time where I thought, I think he's going to have a spot here. I just think now if the spot's going to be here, it is going to be because Jim Irsay believes in him. I don't think Jim Irsay believes that he owes him. I think Jim Irsay absolutely positively believes in him and his word. And I will stay with that until proven wrong. Forever. So that is where we are, but that's a good question that you ask. Uh, JMV, do you put any stock in with Ursay not being in on the interviews? I, I was trying to think about being on a Zoom call with um, all those people, including Jim Ursay. It's probably better off that you get, when you get down to the final ones remaining, you get everybody in a room and you talk. Those first interviews, I believe, have all been done via Zoom. So, no. Yeah, not at all surprised. Hey, JMV, Callahan would be a perfect fit and could provide valuable intel on the quarterback draft scouting process, giving his work with Burrow. Think he could help assess which one of these quarterbacks are the most NFL capable. Sign me up for Callahan and Stroud. I think I would counter that Chicago Colt with this, that Callahan has been, been concentrating so much on making sure Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense hums that I don't know how much he's really paid attention to Will Levis. I'm thinking I may have more of a scoop on Will Levis and Marcus Stroud by watching a couple of games than he might have right now. And I'm not suggesting he won't get up to speed if he gets the gig or if he gets another gig. But I'm thinking right now his focus this football season has been on his group and Joe Burrow and that offense, and not so much worrying about what C.J. Stroud doing in Columbus or Will Levis is doing in Lexington or Bryce Young is doing in Tallahassee, Tallahassee, where he would not be playing home games. That would be Tuscaloosa. So I, I would counter that with he's probably more focused on his team right now than he has been worrying about who's going to be the best draftable quarterback available.
at number four, for example. That is a thought. But I appreciate that tweet. People need to stop living in the past. Let's move forward. I think people are. I think people are. You can move forward. You don't have to be a horse's ass about the past, though. I don't think. Do you? I mean, it's not entirely Jeff's fault that this thing is FUBAR. He just took over the FUBAR. And again, I don't want Jeff Saturday as the next head coach. But I can see, I can certainly smell because it reeks of it FUBAR when it's there. And it was, it is. Oh, well, you know, he told all his friends to pump him up. Yeah, he'd be like not the first guy to ever do that in anybody's life. True story. You don't think these guys all call around? All these guys try to work angles? You don't think so? They all do. What this comes down to, it doesn't matter if he's been here as a former center or whatever. It matters what is the best fit. And my opinion is, Dan Quinn, to me, with this group, is the best fit. And make no mistake, this group needs some leadership. It needs some leadership. Part of that intel, when Jeff Saturday was hired, part of that intel that comes back is exactly what was going on, allegedly, in the form of showing up late to meetings and such, and how things became lax. You know, that also was a part of this hire. It was, all right, I trust him to give me the truth, which, again, I brought this up before. I don't understand why you would not trust those you already pay. Or I guess if Jeff is a consultant, you pay him too. But those that you hire as the general manager, you know, those under the general manager be able to tell you that whenever you want to know that information. But no, you can move on. I completely agree. There's nobody more sick of what's gone down here in the recent history of this Colts team than me. I'm right there with you on that. I just don't think you have to completely crap all over everything that was incredibly meaningful then and then forever. I don't think you have to do that. Yeah, Just because you want to move in a different direction, I don't think there's a reason why... You know, you have to go ahead and and blast you know, somebody that I'm sure that used to have a great deal or should have still have a great deal of respect for. I don't know why you have to do that. Even if you don't like the dude. And I completely understand why you wouldn't. I, listen, I don't want to go that direction either. I know why you don't want to go that direction. I just don't necessarily think a petition was that necessary it almost makes things look more dysfunctional than they are and as i've told you things are pretty dysfunctional and have been and need to settle down and get back in place but again it's a wide open world where you guys do whatever you want and i also understand that aspect of it. quick break and we'll come back rob blackman's going to join us coming up a little bit later on 
Mike Chappell's on the show. Am I missing anybody else? Because I get a board of somebody else's names up there. Uh, uh, I'll get it up there. Uh, Alec Pierce, 530. Oh, man. The Colts wide receiver. I yes, completely sir. forgot Alec Pierce is going to come on here. So if I say, who do you want as your next head coach? Is that my first question? There you go. I think that's a great first question. Who do you want as your next head coach? Will he answer, I don't care. I'm just here to catch passes? Or will he actually say, I like this guy. I like that guy. What do you think? Or the good old... Uh, no comment. <laughs> nah, not a no comment. He would actually answer, right? Probably not. Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell and Rob Blackman, top of the hour. Your calls and more next inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you for joining us. A big day tomorrow. I'll explain and jump back to a lot of the conversation, including the Pacers last night. It's coming up next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. A ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers, top of the hour. Purdue, Michigan later on tonight. Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver in the 5 o'clock hour. And Mike Chappell's going to be there, too, courtesy of Royal Penn Woodland. Your chance to go bowling for free for a couple of hours. You and, I believe, five of your friends. And then also some tickets to be a part of the upcoming Bowling U.S. Open. Also at Royal Penn up at Woodland. So your chance when you hear Pete Weber with the famous quote, Who do you think you are? I am. It's your cue to call. Dean's at 239-1070. Hello, Dean. How are you? Hey, not too bad, JMB. How about you? Dean, I could not be better. I appreciate you asking, though. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, man, I was just wanting to show a little love for uh, a buddy of mine. He's a uh, an assistant coach at the um, Emnitz High School out by Wilbur and Hall, Indiana. Yes. And they are hosting a game with Kentucky of Emnitz. And I know you're a small-town dude, and I just uh, wanted, to, again, just to share that little love there. I scored 12 points as a freshman at Emnitz High School back in the day. I believe that was in the uh, the fall of 1984 right there, oh, too. Right. Yes, and I just I had braces put on that summer, too, and I, I was one of the first ever to wear a mouthpiece back in the day because I had braces and I I didn't know I didn't know that you were supposed to put them in hot water to shrink them uh, according and I just it was pretty awful looking I I looked like some sort some sort of monster out there it was bad <laughs> well I'm uh, sorry for your uh, discomfort there <laughs> but not shout out to the eel tank yes correct correct absolutely man hey, I greatly appreciate that you got it Dean thank you very much Emnitz. Yeah, back in the day, we would do the double dip Emnitz and Monrovia. I don't think Monrovia is on the schedule down at Eastern Green anymore. Neither is Emnitz, though. But I do remember, I believe, uh, I had a player named Ed. Ed Webb? Anybody remember an Emnitz? Shout out to Emnitz, Ed Webb. I don't know why that occurred to me right now. But I think Ed Webb was a player. Maybe a graduate in 1984. Jonathan's up next at 239-1070. Hello, Jonathan. 
Hey, hello, JMV. Good afternoon. Right back um, at you. Sign that petition. It is skyrocketing, and the numbers are going up by the second. I saw that. What do you, you think that's going to work in the favor of those signing it, or is it going to, you think, put Jim Irsay in more of a stronghold that he's making a right decision if that decision is Jeff Saturday? Well, unless he thinks that he'll have more people to laugh at when his idea works, um, I think it's an indicator that he's looking at some real empty seats early on next season. That should bother any owner, right? No, well, there's no doubt that that will. Do you, you think that those that are signing that position, what is it, 2,200 or so, you think that they go to games and they won't go to games? Thus, Well, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I personally am not a season ticket holder. I think a lot of them are, though. Um, when it gets to 5,000, it goes – I think it's already gone to local news, though, like uh, Channel 4. No, that's, and, yeah, that's, I saw I – th- I think the star hit it, and um, I, I like Deadspin, I think, had a, mm-hmm. a piece on it, too. So it's definitely got some legs, even nationally. Yeah, Morris is my guy. Uh, defensive and offensive, strong resume. Um, he's been impressive. He's been a pass game coordinator, but most people think of him as a defensive guy. And when he was a head coach um, – he really didn't have much of a chance of success in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm just thinking Saturday's going to change staff more than coach up who he's got there. And I think our roster needs to be more the focus of change than the staff. Um, maybe he has both in mind, but I just wouldn't want them to undercut the positive contributions that an experienced uh, candidate would have. And uh, Ursay better be looking out for investigations from the NFL if he hires Saturday full-time, even more so than when he made him interim, actually. I don't, didn't they they've, – they've run like 900 people through this. What would be worthy of investigating? I'm just curious. Oh, uh, uh, as far as uh, just making Saturday the head coach, well, uh, you kind of put up a sham, so to speak. I would think that the NFL would want to investigate that you weren't really taking all those interviews seriously. You just piled on as many as you could just to cover up that you wanted Saturday all along and you didn't go through a proper process, but maybe that wouldn't hold no, up. I, I would, okay. Problem. I want to ask you this, Jonathan, do you think that they are, you know what Chris Ballard thinks about this situation. And as much as I thought they should have moved on, he's the guy handling this. So do you think he's going through this half-assed and knows that Saturday is going to be the guy? Do you think that's going on right now? Because uh, if yeah, you don't think I, it, I really, if you don't think it's going on, then I don't know why the NFL would. Well, I think that uh, Ballard has less control than ever right now, and that's why I was shocked that he didn't want to resign. In his position, I would have resigned from losing so much control. And I think it's really the Jim Irsay show pulling a Jerry Jones and doing the general manager's job instead of him, and and that should frustrate fans as well. Yeah, I, listen, I can't wait until there's a time when, when Jim does step back. I think, unfortunately, that time is going to be whenever they start uh, to consistently win again. So there's there's probably going to be uh, some time there in between. But, yeah, Apparently we'll see. I'm scared to talk about a hiring Saturday, too. What's so, that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I missed you. Go ahead. Oh, uh, apparently Carly, his daughter, is uh, doing her share to talk him out of the Saturday idea, too. So I'm proud of her. Oh, <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Man, you, what other intel do you have for us here, Jonathan? What do you got? Uh, I'm just a reader who balances it with work days, you know. Would you get that piece everything. about Carly? Oh, uh, that, would, that would also be uh, SI, but I got you. Huh? probably multiple places. Okay. Uh, 
Sports Illustrated is all right. I mean, I don't mind it. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I I cannot imagine with the work that they're doing that you could describe this as a sham. Sorry, I just don't think you can. Now, if it comes down to a back and forth between owner and general manager about who they believe should lead this team, it may very well come down to that. And Jonathan may be right about owner compared to general manager. But if there's one thing to me is for sure that they're covering all the bases to sidestep any potential investigation. Quick one. We're back after this. Rob Blackman, bottom of the hour. Mike Chappell will inform him of that news and more next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. A ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! (laughs) 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Rob Blackman, bottom of the hour. Boilers, Wolverines later on tonight. Colts wide receiver Alec Pierce, who's going to tell us all we need to know regarding the Colts coaching search coming at night. Actually, he won't. He won't tell us that, I'm sure. But he's going to come on the show in the 5 o'clock hour. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline, CBS 4, and Fox 59. It is Mike Chappell who now joins us. So I had somebody that has been reading the internet that suggested... Well, that, that's one problem right there, but go ahead. That suggested that from what he has read, that the Colts will definitely be investigated for not following NFL hiring protocols if Jim Irsay decides on Jeff Saturday, and that he was very happy with Carly so far because she has been a voice in the room that has suggested they need to move on from Jeff Saturday. So with that intel, I allow you to do whatever you would like to do with it. Well, first, let me reach over here and reach for my BS button and push it because that's <laughs> that's bull. You know, a lot of people, one way or the other, won't be happy, satisfied, whatever, with whatever the team decides to do. But to, to say they've not done what they need to do is ridiculous. It, it just is. Uh, and, yeah, it, 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 if they – have five or six or eight candidates where they have a second interview and they stack these resumes up and Jim Mersey says, yeah, I like Jeff Saturday. You, you can bitch and moan and all that. And you and be very valid at doing it, but they will have done their due diligence. They will. And we'll all question to some degree who they settle on a lot more than other guys, you know, the criticism, they have not shirked their duties. They've done what they need to do. They will have they will have satisfied every you know detail of the Rooney Rule. They will. Do you think Carolina is going to catch hell for going with Frank after the job that Steve Wilkes did? Of course he will. There was already something of on Twitter about the the uh, some law firm that that is really heavy into the Rooney Rule and and, and the way it's not you know adhered to. They are already put something out on the internet that, you know, this is wrong. Okay, well, that, that's this is different. This is different. 
This will simply be, well, no, it won't be. It'll be the same thing. It'll be an owner going through the interview process and hiring the guy he wants. That's, that's, we've talked about this. That's what an owner does. That, that's, that's one of the privileges that comes along with being a billionaire and owning a football team, a company, whatever. That's what you do. You may not agree with it. And again, some decisions are going to call more criticism than others, but a, he's going to hire who, who he wants to hire and, and we can complain about it, but that's the way it is. I, but, but again, no, uh, not following the rules and all this, that is ridiculous. That's not true. Uh, but in the end, I, let's just get this over with because as we've talked before, the internet is really good because it gets information out there quickly and it's really bad because it gets bad information out there really quickly. <laughs> so, you know, it's a double-edged sword, and that's the world we live in. Well, and, and Mike Chappell joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I saw a report earlier today by somebody named Jordan Schultz. Um, again, not dismissing the fact that maybe he's got intel. In this case, he says that the number one choice for the Colts and Jim Irsay, in this case for Jim Irsay, remains Jeff Saturday, while others in the Colts front office prefer different leading candidates. And I think we can all go ahead and come to the conclusion that Chris Ballard would prefer not Jeff Saturday, didn't prefer him at the beginning, certainly doesn't right now. And this tweet goes on to suggest that he's told it's presented by his staff other choices and part of the staff, and it doesn't specify who that might be, is trying to talk Jim Irsay out of the whole Jeff Saturday angle here. So, Well, remember, and there, there is truth to the fact that a lot of people tried to talk the owner out of naming Jim, n- naming Jeff the interim coach. Right, that, that's true. This I, maybe I don't know, but but one one thing that I'm pretty good at my job, and most of the guys that no, all the guys that cover the team also are, and we've all tried to get locally that that tidbit of information. That, you know, who are you talking to when? And it, it it's really a tight lipped group right now from, from the owner to Chris Bowder to all these guys. If somebody's got a mole out there, God love them. I just know how Chris Ballard runs things. He, to my knowledge, has not leaked stuff nationally. Now, somebody can point that out to me. You know, he, he's given local guys things as a GM. Really, is it's the way it should be done just, just because. But I, I don't know that this regime and even this owner – leaks things willy-nilly nationally. And, and I've not seen anyone else, all the, the big hitters, you know, who the, the Rappaports and Peliceros and Schefters and all those guys, I've not seen that at that level. Now, if somebody's got a friend whose wife is a secretary and they hear this, okay, go, you know, good for you. I don't have that. So... And I'm not dismissing what these guys who who I don't follow or have seen put out there because I don't know. And if they've got if they if they feel good throwing stuff against the wall using I've heard that or a source said, fine. Whenever I use source, I know who the hell it is. And whenever I retweet somebody who uses source, I don't know who their source is, but I, I know who that person is. And I trust that person to not be a guy that just throws stuff on the wall 
and hope he gets like three out of ten right. So, that, again, that's to me the problem with the Internet is it gives voices, giving voices to people. That, that's great. But it, it's when somebody report or somebody tweets that I've heard that, and then somebody uses that tweet and says, well, it's been reported that the Colts, no, that's not a report. That's just stuff. And when, and when you start regurgitating stuff that has no legitimate foundation, that's where things go kind of, you know, off base. That's why I say that the sooner they get this done, the better. And I just, for the life of me, I just don't, <laughs> I can't talk myself in to just Saturday being the head coach of this team. I, I just can't. Yet I, yet I know that it's possible. But because of everything you've talked about and we've talked about. So I, I, I hope they get this wrapped up this next week. And the only way that it won't get wrapped up next week is that they really want one of the coordinators that are still, you know, involved. So the enemies and, and, and those guys. And that's going to be after the Super Bowl. Do you still believe that Jim Ursay still likes Jeff Saturday for the gig as much as he has, despite – all the counter arguments that are out there, the fans banding together and putting together a petition, all the stuff that has been centralized to Jim Ursay via social media so he would have the best opportunity to see it and uh, the fans get their voice in. Do you think that Jim likes Jeff as much as what we had been told and knew that he did prior to where we are right now? Yeah, I don't know what Jeff did that would have surprised the owner. I mean, he, you know, I, he, he took over a bad situation. What, what did you What did you expect? Now they, you know, they they went against the Raiders, and they really should have won two more games at least three. I mean, the record could have been better. Yeah, it should have been better. I mean, you you should have beaten Pittsburgh, Philly, certainly make a stop and you win, and make a stop against Houston and you win. But that doesn't change. That, that changes the bottom line resume, but it doesn't change how much of uh, of trouble this franchise is in. But having said that, with, with the resume being what it is, I, I don't know what the owner – I don't know what would have swayed the owner's mind. If anything, a better record would, would have hardened him to the fact that Jeff's the right guy. And what I'm curious to know, and we never will, is it, it's obvious that Chris Ballard was not in favor – of Jeff as the interim coach. I mean, he, he told us that he said, you know, he, he said, Hey, listen, this is unprecedented and all this. I'm wondering if he, if he is as opposed and I'm betting he is to, okay, if we put him in place in February, he's got the entire off season to get his, to put his fingerprints on this team. I don't think that would change because I think Chris Bowers is enough of a hard, hardened football guy to realize that when you start comparing resumes and, and expectations other guys are simply going to be better options but uh, i i just i don't and, and i can't get a gauge on whether this fan revolt thing if you start listening yes you take into account the fans because that's your lifeblood and all this but does anyone really think that if he hires jeff saturday there's not going to be a full house at lucas oil next year it will it just will now it'll depend on how good or how bad the team is, it will. And you're liable to see a, a downturn in season tickets to some degree. But I just don't know that. I, I just can't believe 
that the owner's going to say, oh, my goodness, I, I can't hire Jeff because well, of this. I, I think just as easily it could fortify how Jim feels about Jeff. Exactly. Well, you think you're going to tell me what you're going to do? I'll show you what I'm going to do. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It could have the, it could have the opposite effect on it. So, but but again, I, I'm glad fan, fans do that. And he, but he doesn't need a fan poll to say, hey, this I'm going to really take heat for this. He knows he will. He knows he will. And I, I think there's something to the fact that the more people tell you not to do something, you're like that 10-year-old, you know, don't do that. Well, he's going to go and do it. So I think there is something to that, but I just I it's a really really bad sign to me when an owner gives one of the votes in the process to the fans. That's, you know they did that in the Pro Bowl and that didn't work out very well. So I think it's important to keep the fans in mind, but not not to give me direction on how how I make decisions. And again, and I brought this up before, and you kind of just did, because I was always curious going back to when Jeff was hired in the first place, if maybe Chris had presented an option of, hey, let's let somebody else handle this, and then, as you mentioned, start fresh. And if you want to go completely outside the box with Jeff Saturday as you're going, then at least there's a clean slate and not going on right now what you're going on. Do you think that was ever discussed? Do you think Chris ever presented that to Jim as an option when he knew that Jim was hell-bent on hiring Jeff Saturday on an interim basis? <laughs> Only if he thought that would delay the decision. Then it would give him more time to talk to the owner out of it uh, for, uh, for uh, as, as a permanent head coach. Uh, and again, I really don't think, just knowing Chris and, and, and how he looks at an organization, I just... <laughs> I don't know how he can sit there at night and talk himself into Jeff Saturday being the best candidate. And again, all of this comes off as just really piling on Jeff Saturday. And I wish that wasn't the case. He was put in an impossible situation. He was. Uh, but it, to me, it, it, it would just be hard for me to see Chris saying, okay, you know, maybe this will work if 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 we give him the fresh start and let him – Start from ground one, because you know one thing that I've I'm really kind of going back and forth on is in my mind maybe Dan Quinn is the best coach possibility. He's done it before. I kind of like the idea of a guy having a chance to learn from your mistakes, and he had success in Atlanta until he didn't. Are you just jumping on the bandwagon with me? No, no, because no. Just tell again, every, tell everybody that because that would be the first time anybody's ever said that. that. We're always on that that same island together, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, yeah. my concern with that is I would almost rather want to have one of the the Philly or the Cincy coordinator because then I know that my quarterback I draft in April is going to have a great hand to lead him forward, and there's no question about that. If you bring in one of these defensive guys or special teams guys, he's got to build his staff and you're going to have to entrust that that or trust that that new head coach can get that staff together. You're not going to raid other team staffs for known proven guys. You're going to have to trust that that guy can bring in that next great quarterback coach or coordinator who you think he can do it, but you don't know. Cause I, I said last week, I think to you and I've been saying is, is, the quarterback decision is is, is more yes. important yes. than the coach. 
And you darn well better have a guy in place on that staff. He's a head coach who's a coordinator who knows what he's doing. He's done it. You don't hope he can do it. You know he's done it before. That's why at least if I, if I go with an offensive coordinator as my head coach, I know I know that that won't be a problem, the, the offense and, and a quarterback. With one of these other guys who, who are – so many of them are qualified, including D'Amico Ryans, they're qualified. But who, who are they bringing with them? Who, who's their staff? You don't raid other teams' staffs. Other teams aren't going to let their coordinators go for, for a parallel job. So that's my main concern. That's why, as much as I like a Dan Quinn, I prefer an offensive coordinator. It's up. Yeah. Dan Quinn is – with me, uh, A number one right here. My chapel's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline with us. Yeah, I was curious, this thought, because a lot had been made, uh, critically speaking, um, from fans, for example, social media-wise, and even those that do sports talk, have suggested that, well, you know, Jeff's trying to get all his buddies. I know that Greg Doyle has a column about it as well, trying to get all his buddies and broadcast him to back him up on this. Um, while that... I'm sure it's true because I've heard bits and pieces of that as well. If there is something that is unsurprising as that, I don't know what it might be because honestly, I think all these guys to a degree do that. And they certainly would do that if they had the background and the network around him. I don't mean ESPN. I just mean the network of friends around him as Jeff Saturday has. No, and that is what you do. This is a little more overt. I mean, when, Dan Orlowski put that stuff out there. I thought, really? And, you, and then I said, But you look at it, you almost like it's almost a bad look, though, because you go, wait a minute, that's not even good. <laughs> I mean, well, because he, he yeah. wants to be probably his, right. his offensive coordinator or whatever. And and, it, and then, too, what were two of the things? He, they had a a lead in the first quarter or yeah. halftime, whatever, uh, in three or four, five. Serious? That, that That's what you're. And, and that overshadows 33 points in the fourth quarter at Dallas or the blowing the 33 lead at, at uh, uh, Minnesota. So, yeah, but but I, I'm not surprised. That That's kind of what you do. You, yeah, I, I guess you try to do it without letting people know you're doing it. You know, it, you, you get some national guy to, to put – and I'm not talking Orlowski, I'm talking someone else who, who puts things out there. And but, but, again, it's so hard to come up with information to say, and this is why – they, this is how they got better. Yeah, their running game got a little bit better on yards per game. Yes, they did. And they lost seven their last seven games in a season for the first time since 1953. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah, he uh, might. You know, you know this very well. Bill Polian always wanted his word, his voice out there. Correct. Whether it was Chris Mortensen or the late, great John Clayton. You know, I remember with the Manning neck injury, it was immediate after that. He came out with, you know, this is wrong, and he went to his go-tos. They, these guys want their, their voice, and, you know, they want to try to control the message. And if you have those ways and means, that would not surprise me at all. And I guess I was a little taken about how surprising others thought it was. Yeah, it, it, that, that's, what, that's what they do now when, when you get the job. Let's say Jeff gets the job. Well, then you really can't be going to to, to all your buddies in the media and, and and doing things. That that's one thing that when Chris got here and, and then with Frank even uh, you reinforce it is it wasn't a every every other week we're, we're seeing things leaked to, to to the media and and we're reacting to it and 
And and that's and this is not me getting PO'd at the national guys for getting it. It's it's how they got it. It's not because they really worked that hard. It's because that GM or whatever wanted the information out there, and they didn't want the, the local guys to get it. And to a, to a big level, when, when the new GM got here, Jim Mercy put an end to it. I think Chris might have anyway, but the owner did not like the fact that things were getting out there. And I think some people have been let go from the franchise who were leaking information. I, really, I, I believe <laughs> yeah, that. Yes, I do too. I, I believe I do that too. in my in my heart. So, but yes, yeah. It, it again, it, it's such a different medium world now. It, it, it's good and bad and. I, I really like the idea that that the fans have a voice on Twitter, but goodness gracious, don't that doesn't mean that the team listens to them because I know some of the people on Twitter and I wouldn't listen to them. That's just me. Uh, so what happens with Frank gets the gig today in Carolina, the next head coach, you brought that up a little bit earlier, um, some that could slide with him that was a part of yeah. the staff here. Gus? I said he got uh, Parks Frazier, right? Probably. <laughs> we, um, were joke, we, we were joking. Uh, Bubba Ventrone? That's a good question. That's a good because, yes. And Bubba could be a little bit PO'd over not getting the interim job here. Uh, so, yes, a very serious. And, again, if the new coach comes in, he may want his entire new staff. Right. You know, we were joking. Uh, Colts guys, we keep in touch. You know, what about Reggie? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Reggie might stay on that beach wherever he's at. I, I don't know that he wants to be that vagabond assistant coach. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not speaking for that I've spoken with Reggie, but if, if, if he would stay in the coaching business and Frank wants him, he would be in Carolina because Frank really treasured uh, Reggie's input and how he worked with those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Reggie would go to Carolina or the beach He's not going anywhere else, I, and I'd be surprised if he stays here. I just would. He doesn't like cold, you know, at all. Did you take anything from that tweet about what he said? I think it was this weekend of uh, this coaching stuff being more cutthroat than any of the player stuff. I saw that, and again, I, 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 I've talked to Reggie a lot, and he's one of my all-time favorites. He and Edron, but I've, I've, and this isn't meant to be a slam. I've always thought Reggie enjoyed the thought of being a coach than being a coach because he, he loves working with players and he's good at it. But I think he, he'd love to have that job if he could leave it like four in the afternoon and then have the rest of the night to himself. But because it's long hours, it's, it's long ass hours. I mean, he, you know, he, he was talking about how he, he goes in the office and leaves and it's dark You know, when he, when he gets, when he gets there and he leaves, but he's so good at it. I don't know if that's enough, if, if how good he was at it, if that'll convince him to keep doing it. I, or or did he, did, was it reinforced that, yeah, you know, it is a lot of hours, and I don't know if I want to commit to that again. Uh, but it'll be Reggie's call. I think Reggie will have a chance to keep doing this, certainly now that Frank's back in the league. I, I think that may be one of Frank's first calls. Well, he probably can't do that because Reggie's still employed by the Colts. But I, I think it's, with Reggie, I think it's it's either Carolina or some South Florida beach. Yeah, I kind of wanted the same thing as well, especially after that tweet last weekend, the way the season went. 
Kind of wonder that. All right, we'll see. Oh, they'll pare it down, and we'll see what direction they end up going. But you think when we talk next week at this time they'll have a coach or not? I do. Yeah, I do. Well, if it isn't, then it it won't be someone. Yeah, still playing. Uh, yeah, and they will have, they will have satisfied the Rooney Rule as far as what you got to do. So if they want to hire your your guy Dan Quinn and my sort of guy Dan Quinn, they can do it. Yeah, it just makes you wonder. I think maybe by this time next week. That's what I was Please. I was thinking. I could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. Maybe they maybe that maybe they wait until they can get everybody in. But well, it, 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 and again, you can't talk to D'Amico Ryan's until the Niners are done. So what I like to know is when he canceled that interview last week, did did he do it because it was too much on his plate before the Dallas game, or did he decide, yeah, I don't want India? Yeah, he's going. To, he's going to Houston, right? He'll he'll end up at Houston because Probably. of the the connections right. there. Yep. So we'll see. Oh, it, it just keeps it just keeps us looking and waiting, waiting and watching. <laughs> no doubt about that. Hey, I appreciate you. We'll stay after it. See what happens as always, Mike. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week. It's uh, Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. You think this thing will be satisfied by this time next week? No. Anybody else do? Uh, speaking of on an island, I guess I'm always on an island here. Although Mike Chapel did mention Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn's going to end up someplace else too. I think Arizona is the place that looks like they covered him the most. So that would stand to reason. I guess what it comes down to, you know, it depends on, I guess, who they like. It maybe could depend on who they like that ends up losing, right? Coming up on Sunday. I don't know about moving forward with somebody that hasn't done it before, but... A lot of you guys feel good about that. Hey, quick break, and we'll come back. More time with you on this in the 5 o'clock hour. And Colts wide receiver Alec Pierce is going to be here, too. Rob Blackman on the other side. Boilers on the road in Ann Arbor tonight. We'll size up that game and more and give you a chance to win something coming up, too. Don't leave. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. A ride with JMV. My vision is to take this team as the first franchise to the Saturn Football League and play against eight-foot gargoyles that run 3-8 speed. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I am John. Thank you so much for joining us. Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver. 5.30. Oh, key to sing it. Mike Chapel podcast, 107.5thefan.com. A lot right there if you missed any of it regarding our Colts coaching surge conversation. Always remember that what they do at quarterback here moving forward is going to be more important. I know that you're interested and you should be. I'm not trying to minimize the head coach whatsoever in the position here, but that's when we're going to get into it. Interesting right now, too. I want to get back to your calls coming up, your chance to win Royal Penn Woodland. Uh, both tickets to the U.S. Open of Bowling, where you can see L.A. Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts and country music artist Jimmy Allen perform. They're going to bowl. I was. Think about that kingpin reference, Eddie. It has three holes and you put your fingers in it. 
Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Rob Blackman, the voice of the Boilermakers, joins us. I thought this was a perfect segue. When's the last time you saw Kingpin? One of my all-time favorite movies, but uh, to be honest, I don't know that I've seen it in the last 10 years, but I am a fan of Kingpin. Yes, there I am. There you go. Great, great bowling references. Great Amish references and being down around Amish country as I am in southern and southwestern Indiana. Always solid. No doubt. Always a watch. Always a laugh. So, got to see it again. Ten years, that's way too long. Although, I I got to remember, you don't do too much movie watching like that, do you? You don't have a lot of time to watch the old school stuff. You're out and about. Uh, yeah, and uh, I've, lately, John, within the last four or five years, I've become a big binge watcher of you know, different series that hop out on Netflix or Hulu or whatever oh, really? it might be. What's the latest? Oh, boy, the latest. Uh, I've actually, uh, the White Lotus, which I know is pretty popular right now. I've just mm-hmm. gotten into that one. Uh, so that would be the one I'm on currently. Uh, Peaky Blinders uh, is a huge, uh, huge favorite of mine. So, yeah, those are just a couple. But White Lotus is the one. I, my wife actually turned me on to that one. So that that's the one I'm most interested in right now. I was watching White Lotus. I'm going to tell you what. What's her name? Aubrey Plaza? Oh, Aubrey yeah. Plaza does it. It may do a little yeah. something, something for the guy, the old man sitting right here. I like Aubrey Plaza. I remember her in Parks and Rec, and yeah. then Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge is just—I don't know. I've always been a huge fan of her. So, uh, you believe yeah. that's how she went out, though? Can you believe she went out that way, falling off the boat? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not ruin it for everyone, Joe. <laughs> I'm trying not to, but I can't, can't help myself. It's funny. I started watching White Lotus um, and liked it. And um, here's the other one I watched. And I don't really like that because it's about high school kids, and it absolutely scares the crap out of me. Euphoria. Oh, now that's a new one on me. Oh, I'm man. Was Zendaya no. the uh, artist yeah, and actress? Sure. Yeah. And the dude, the dude that plays the drug dealer, I think his name's Angus Cloud, the actor, plays Fez. That is a good show, but as as somebody that's got teenagers in the house like you do, that scares the crap out of me watching it. Which means I will not be watching it, so thank you for the heads up. <laughs> you are going to watch the Boilermakers coming up later on tonight. I know everybody got up there a little bit early because of the weather situation. Um, and it, it, it's funny, one possession games – turning into one-possession wins. We talked about that mostly on the road. That happened last time out for Purdue at home against Maryland. What makes this team so good in the clutch? Yeah, good question. I don't know if I have the proper answer. Maybe the fact that Purdue's just so much better defensively this year than they were a year ago. Um, look, you look at you look at last year's team and the, the one-possession losses – uh, and not frankly, not just the one possession losses, the heartbreaking buzzer beating bank shot losses. Uh, that two of them, both Rutgers and Wisconsin, if either one of those those shots don't go in, produce a Big Ten champion last year. Uh, so it kind of feels maybe I say defense, maybe it's more like karma. Maybe karma's catching up to Purdue because Purdue had no luck in that category last year, and now for whatever reason, Purdue's had an awful lot of luck uh, this season. But Purdue's just so much better defensively. You know, and, and Matt Painter, he actually mentioned this on the coach's radio show Monday night. You know, he's talking about how, how bad this team was defensively last year that the, from a coaching staff standpoint, they eventually just kind of threw their hands up in the air and said, all right, we're just going to try to try to outscore everybody because we know we're not going to stop anybody, so let's just try to outscore everybody. 
And Purdue was very good offensively last year, number one or two in the nation all year in adjusted offensive efficiency. But Purdue couldn't, couldn't get any stops defensively. And so when you're in a late-game situation, one-possession game, and you're on the defensive end, uh, that's not a great place to be, knowing that you can't get stops to begin with. <laughs> so uh, Purdue has been able to come up with those stops, at least to this point in the season, in these close one-possession games. Uh, the great irony is, that, you know, the one game, the only loss last year where Purdue got blown out, where, you, where Purdue did not have a chance, uh, where it did not come down to the final 60 seconds of the game, was right here in Michigan. Uh, if, where if you remember, they beat us, I think, 82-58 to 58 or 84-58. to 58. Could have been worse. Hell, could have been 35 points if they wanted to. I mean, they, they were just kicked our tails last year. So uh, that was the only game of all those games last year where you didn't you felt like, man, we, we never had a chance. That was the one game here at Michigan last season. So a bit of irony that here we are again this year. Last year we came up here, we ranked number three, uh, and had just beaten them. You know, had beaten them like five days earlier at Mackey Arena. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves and just, like I said, just got whooped from start to finish. Um, so here we are again. Um, but to answer your original question, probably the fact that Purdue's better defensively gives you a little bit better chance to win in those late one-possession type games because you know you can come up with a stop. And they're doing it, too, with uh, freshman guards out front, which is incredibly impressive. Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers, with us. Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady. What do you make of that matchup? And especially the issues that Hunter Dickinson can cause when he steps out and takes Edie away from the basket as he can. Yeah, and we saw that last year, uh, both here and at Mackey Arena. Uh, for whatever reason, Hunter Dickinson has always played well against Purdue. I cannot think of him one time having a bad game against us. Um, and one of the reasons is he is able to bring those those bigger guys like Zach Eady out on the perimeter and shoot the open three-point shot. And he's a pretty good three-point shooter for a guy that stands seven feet one. Um, I mean, he, uh, this season he's 40%, I think, John, 40% from three. I mean, that's now he doesn't take a lot of them, but he's certainly more than capable. And I think his numbers in Big Ten play, if you just look at the Big Ten only, it's like 45 or 46% from three, which is a remarkable number for a guy that stands seven foot one. So that is going to be a matchup concern tonight. And that's where Hunter's really gotten us in the past couple of years. Yeah, and it didn't even, you know, with a guy like Travion Williams, who would guard him sometimes last year, same thing. Travion, a much more agile defender uh, at six foot ten, but still was not able uh, uh, to cover Hunter Dickinson on the three point line. Um, so we'll, we'll have that concern again tonight. I would not be surprised if you see Caleb first on Hunter Dickinson uh, more often than Zach Eady, just because Caleb, you know, at six foot ten, does move a heck of a lot better uh, and smoothly than, than does Zach. Um, I know the national narrative is this is Zach Eady versus Hunter Dickinson type game, uh, but I'm not quite so sure those two guys are going to end up guarding each other that often, uh, especially if you know there's a chance Michigan's going to play big tonight. They'll, they'll play Terrace Reed, their 6'10 freshman, uh, with Dickinson, which they've, they've done a little bit this year. They played the two big guys in the same lineup. I would not be surprised if they did that against us. Uh, and if they do, a little, just a little insider tip for those who will be watching tonight, my guess is we'll put Zach on Reed because um, that'll be a better matchup for Purdue. But, yeah, he uh, – man, Hunter Dickinson, he, he all – even, you know, Purdue won that game last year at Mackey Arena, but it, that was in spite of, of Hunter Dickinson because he played awesome in that game. So he's a matchup problem for us for sure, and he always has been, and I have no reason to believe he won't be again tonight. So Rob Blackman's with us. A part of that great balance that Matt Painter has with his team is being able to do just that with a guy like Caleb First. 
Yeah. I mean, just there are not a lot of teams that are capable. I mean, maybe a team like Arizona stands out, you know, as far as, uh, you know, bigger guy type of quality is concerned. But, Rob, not a lot of guys are capable of being that versatile if they don't want their big guy to have to go out and chase somebody that is equally or close to as big but can shoot it from, from three-point range. Yeah, and that certainly get, help, uh, helps give Purdue some real versatility on the defensive end. Now, Matt Painter will tell you, and he talks about this all the time, we have to be able to flip it on these guys when we're on offense. When Purdue's on offense tonight, you know, that ball has to go inside early and often to Zach Eady, uh, especially if Hunter Dickinson is on him, because you have to try to, you know, at least make Hunter work a little bit on the defensive end, maybe try to wear him, wear him down that way. You know, we so often as fans, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone, we get so concerned about the defensive matchup for Purdue and, oh, you know, oh, who's going to guard Hunter and who's going to do this and that on the defensive end. You, you know, we often forget, you know, the great advantage for Purdue is they can flip it on you on the other end and, and score and score offensively with Zach Eady and get, getting him multiple touches. Now, in the past, and we saw this, um, oh, it must have been three years ago up here, I think it was, so with Travion, uh, they, Michigan chose not to double in the post. They are not. They are a team that traditionally does not double in the post. That's Juwan Howard's NBA background. There, uh, they very rarely double in the post. So if if indeed it ends up being a one on one game in a post, I like Zach Eady and I, I like that matchup for Purdue tonight. Um, but yeah, to your original thought there, it, it, it is nice to have a guy like Caleb first. You know, who's, who's six foot ten and and two hundred and whatever he is, thirty thirty five pounds, who's just, who moves as well as he does. I mean that. Man, that allows you to, to do a lot of a lot of different things on the defensive end that can really benefit your team. It's Rob Blackman with us. Before I let you go, Trey Kaufman Wren, I look at him and I think, wow, this kid has a great deal of game, yet he hasn't shown it, and it's more times than not because he doesn't get that time to show it. I, I'm curious, what do you think about the evolution of his game so far is it kind of what you expected because of what is going to get the clock time in front of him or is it disappointing and needs to get better at some point this year what do you think trey is in a tough spot because he's the he's the primary backup for zach Eady, and zach Eady is not coming out of the game unless zach Eady has to come out of the game so trey's in a tough tough spot i mean zach's played over 30 minutes and I think 16 or 17 games this year, there just aren't a lot of minutes for Trey, which is unfortunate because the one game, John, he did have the opportunity, the new Orleans game where, uh, where Zach missed because he was sick. Uh, Trey had 24 points in that game. So he showed he's more than capable. If he just gets the opportunity to play some extended minutes, which he's just not going to get. Uh, that's just how it is. As long as, as Matt Painter likes to say, you know, when he brings, takes Trey out of the game, I'm not taking you out. I'm putting Zach back in. Right? There's a big difference here. You're not coming out of the game because of your lack of performance. You're coming out of the game because I have to get Zach Eady back on the floor because he's the best player right now uh, in the country in a lot of people's eyes. So that's what it comes down to, Trey, uh, for him. He just needs some more playing time, and unfortunately there's not a lot to be found right now with, uh, with the guy he's backing up. But I would say this, and again, I'll reference Monday night's Coach's Radio Show. Uh, Matt Painter said it, and I'll quote, uh, I'll quote Matt. He said Trey Kaufman Wren is going to be an all-conference player before he's before he's done here at Purdue. So that's pretty high praise from the from the head ball coach. So obviously Matt's seeing something in practice that leads him to believe that when indeed that that playing time does open up for Trey Kaufman Wren, that he's a guy that's not only going to be good enough to to seize that playing time, but he's going to a guy that's going to be good enough to be one of the best little post players in our league.
Yeah, I think he's a talented dude too, and that just that comes with the territory of having a team like this, because there are a lot of guys that anywhere else would be getting that time that just aren't getting that time, and that's also a part of the the juggling act, if you will, of trying to keep all all these. I shouldn't say trying to keep all these guys happy, because ultimately they, it's up to them to keep themselves happy with this. I think Matt would be comfortable in saying that, but it um, it, it is with this era and the way that it is now. It's it is a uh, tough line to walk. There's no doubt. Well, you know, Brandon Newman walked that line last year. Yep, he was Jaden Ivey's back. I mean, look, if you're Jaden Ivey's backup, you're not going to play very much. I mean, that guy's a top five NBA draft pick. He's a lottery pick. Obviously, if that's the guy that you're backing up, you're not going to play very much, which is what happened to Brandon Newman last year, and it's happening to Trey Kaufman Wren this year. It just, it just that's I guess the the downside or the upside, depending on how you want to look at it, to having a, a really talented talented team with a bunch of really talented players. You've had to spend an awful lot of time in crappy Michigan here this week. That's unfortunate. Oh man, we uh, we uh, we drove up Tuesday night because we wanted to get out here ahead of the storm and uh, got up here like 11 p.m. Tuesday night. Oh, boy. And then it snowed, it snowed all day yesterday, and we we drove through a snowstorm literally to get to eastern Michigan to use their practice facility at eastern Michigan. Ypsilanti, baby. That's the pride of Michigan. That's the Michigan I know. Let's go to Ypsilanti. <laughs> so, yes, and now, we, of course, we wait around for a 9 o'clock game tonight. So it, <laughs> it feels like for like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe get this thing going here. Yeah. And you're in Michigan, too, which makes it, I'm, I'm assuming, even worse if it were me. So, yeah, even worse. See, I, I, see I'm okay with Michigan. Are you really? You like Michigan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> really? Oh, I can't stand it. No. Huh. Uh, I think I'd rather spend time in Kentucky. <laughs> now, why the. Uh, why, why my, the... My, I'd be closer to my peeps down there, I think. You know, no indoor why plumbing, the, no teeth, things like negative? that. So that's closer why to my peeps. I don't understand why the negative outlook. For, for the <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my family's tried to tell me all along, oh, you got to go there in the summer, New Buffalo or whatever it is. That's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. It's just, there. it looks like the Caribbean. It's, you can see to the bottom. And I, <laughs> I said, it's not the Caribbean. That. Don't get fooled by that. It's in Michigan. It's not the Caribbean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been to New Buffalo a couple times. I wouldn't. I don't think I would compare it to the Caribbean. Fine spot. It's nice. Hey, sneak peek when you get the opportunity. Take in a couple of episodes of Euphoria, and then mm, and then I when don't. you see me the next time, punch me right in the mouth because I told yes. you to. Yes. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thanks for the permission to punch you. All right. Tell everybody up there. I said hello. Nine p. The tip tonight. Eight o'clock is your pregame show. Correct. You're correct. We'll start at 8. Yes, thank you. You're going to be rocking like docking tonight up in Ann Arbor. I appreciate you, Rob. <laughs> okay, see you, John. So, Rob Blackman, Boilermaker Radio Network. Voice of the Boilers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, it looks just like the Caribbean. You can see all the way to the bottom, but it's Michigan. Hey, by the way, too, Dusty May, the head coach of the 21st-ranked Florida Atlantic Owls tonight, CBS Sports Network. If you get it, 7P, and remember, they cannot lose. That's a must-win situation. You cannot go 19-1 and and then talk to me on this show early in the week and then lose the next game. That is bad for me. CBS Sports Network tonight, if you want to check out Dusty May and that product we talked about earlier this week, of course, Dusty May, is a product much like me of Greene County. Quick break. Alec Pierce at the 5 o'clock hour. I got time for you also coming up after 5. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
the ride. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. With JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. In my chapel a little bit earlier. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Rob Blackman was here as well. The Boilermaker Radio Network. That's a 9 o'clock start for Purdue on the road in Ann Arbor versus Michigan tonight. Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver, is going to be here coming up in the 5.30 window for us. So, be here. I, I did want to do this before the top of the hour, and after five, I got room for you. Before Alec calls in the show, I have room for you at 239-1070 about uh, anything you want to hit. Colt stuff, coaching search, uh, Pacers last night, IU last night, as we mentioned that, boiler stuff, whatever. But I did want to wish a happy birthday. We have a six-day window between the birth of our kids, Laney, on January the 20th. And Blake T. Blake T., whom a lot of you knew once upon a time as the big head. Not so much anymore. Blake T. is 17 years old today. My best friend is 17 years old today. I cannot believe it. Because it seems like yesterday. And I'm going to try like I did about six days ago when I talked about Laney becoming a teenager at 13, I'm going to try not to get misty, but sometimes I just do in terms of this. It is so interesting for me to look back and look back at myself before the birth of Blake 17 years ago today and what I wasn't, what I didn't think I could be compared to what it has been like over these past 17 years with them both. And you can talk about being on the radio every day, going to sporting events. You can talk about all this stuff, but there has been not one thing better than the past 17 years of being a dad. Not one thing. Nothing I have done. And I I am consistently reminded of that daily because I still get to take him to school and I'm around like seriously I say he's my best friend every day it is funny because he because he hangs out with me all the time he kind of likes some of the stuff that I like he likes 80s new wave for example <laughs> we're listening to Sirius XM channel 33 and hey there's Susie and the Banshees and I go man that's really impressive brother well done But Blake T. is 17 years old today, and I could not be more proud. And I could not be more satisfied and thrilled of the past 17 years, which they have been special beyond belief. And here's to to many more. So happy birthday. Happy 17th to Blake T. at Ron Colley High School. Yep, very special, very special for me. And I thank you for allowing me to share those thoughts with you. Meantime, other side, back to the sports content at 239-1070. Your chance to win, courtesy of Royal Penn Woodland, U.S. Open and Bowling, and of course, bowling for you and your friends there as well, up for grabs. I'll tell you how. And Colts wide receiver Alec Pierce, bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. You and me next at 239-1070. 
the ride. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. With JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. And Mike Chappell, Rob Blackman, podcast 107.5, thefan.com. Big news. Tom Pelissero on Twitter says the Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn informed interested teams that he is. His decision is. He is staying in Dallas. Dan Quinn staying in Dallas. Jeremiah Wheatley uh, just got himself a bit of a sports arousal wherever he is right now. Listener, friend of the show. Quinn was a top candidate for the Cardinals head coaching gig and also interviewed for the Colts. I think round two for him was supposed to go off on Saturday. So with this news, it obviously won't. Uh, Also interviewed with the Broncos. According to Palacero, his heart is in Dallas and he wants to win a Super Bowl there. And probably got a pretty decent raise out of it, don't you think? Jerry Jones? So, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn officially out of the equation. What this also does is, if you remember back last hour when Mike Chappell said, do you think that this whole coaching search will be wrapped up next Thursday? And I said, yeah, whatever. Uh, That takes away an option for it to be wrapped up, you would think, by next Thursday. (laughs) One of the options, I don't know. Maybe the Colts didn't have any interest whatsoever. I just did. That was my personal preference. But he is staying in Dallas as the defensive coordinator because he wants to win a Super Bowl there as the defensive coordinator. And the search continues. So does that mean I need to go ahead and find somebody else to jump on board with here? Hey, JMV, no one wants to work for Jim Ursay. (laughs) Somebody will end up doing it. No doubt. Somebody will end up doing it. I just thought he was as good as a candidate for that as anybody. At least anybody that I saw. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you guys for joining us per usual. And 239-1070 if you guys want to talk about the Colts coaching search. If you want to talk about whether or not it's savvy for Colts fans to fire up that petition. I think it's one thing... I think it's one thing if you just direct tweets via social media to the owner because he's active in social media. I'm sure he has a pretty good feel for the pulse on what the fans want. Anybody out there participate? Because there were, what, upwards of close to 2,500 that signed that don't pick Jeff Saturday petition on Twitter via social media. Anybody out there do it? Anybody out there not do it? As I told Mike Chapel, and I actually started the show, I, to me, it is a way to get your voice out there, but it also, if you're signing that thing, it could work opposite of what you want here. 
It could fortify, re-inspire the owner to say, hey, you know what? My belief is I was right all along, and heck with it. I'm going to do it right now. Could absolutely do that. But did you sign it? 2,500 people did. It's kind of funny, too, regarding this coaching search. Now you're thinking, all right, is this going to be a first-timer? Obviously, this is going to be more than likely an offensive coordinator. Anybody have anybody in mind? The JMVs of the Colts are now spurned by coordinators to stay coordinators. (laughs) JMV, it's awesome that our kids bring us up to be much-improved versions of ourselves. As I mentioned about Blake and Laney, I had no idea what it was going to be like. And now that I've gone through it for 17 years, I would not trade these 17 years for anything. It has been a blast. You know, even through the growth, you want them all to stay young, right? Or at least that's how I felt. But it is interesting being witness to their growth. There's no no question about that. At least to me. Yeah, Blake T is 17 today. I dig it. Uh, Skivvy says, who do you want them to eliminate next? Owen 2, Harbaugh and Quinn. All right, so that brings up a point. So should I make my next call on who I believe it's going to be? Because that will also eliminate who's next Harbaugh goes back to Michigan Quinn goes back to Dallas who should I pick next for them to go back to their gig I know who you want me to pick next for them to go back to another gig but who should I pick next to go back to their gig so it is being suggested that that's what has transpired so far and I should do it again so who should it be here JMV, the Colts may have to go after Chelsea Ross from Rudy. Chelsea Ross, the actor playing Dan Devine. And Rudy. Hey, JMV, maybe the only person who wants to coach the Colts might end up being Jeff Saturday. Did you sign the petition? 239-1070, just out of curiosity. Rob, did you? I did not, and I think it's a bit ridiculous because here's the deal. Whoever's going to be a coach, our head coach, whether it's Saturday or it's someone else, is going to be a first-time head coach. And in the words of Jim Mora, you want to know, you just don't know, and you're never going to know. So you guys out there signing petitions, you don't know who they're going to hire, and you don't know if that guy's going to be any freaking good. And we're only going to know when the wins and the losses happen. So we don't know if Jeff Saturday's really any good at this or not because he was handed a steaming turd. And and maybe next year, if Saturday's the coach, and maybe he gets a coordinator in here, and maybe, and maybe, maybe, and they win some games, and Ursay looks like a genius. Maybe not. Maybe the next guy he hires, we all think is the greatest thing since sliced bread and ends up losing every game. We don't know. So signing a petition to say, oh, please don't hire Saturday like you rubes have a freaking clue anyway. I wouldn't have done it. I would not have done it as a fan. And I wouldn't have done it. And I, I know that a lot of people probably don't care. But I, I as as much as I didn't want to move forward with Jeff Saturday as the coach, I 
I wouldn't be disrespectful about what he has meant to this organization in the past. And I, I to me, I'm sorry. I think that is. That to I me is. It, I, I and I, people, I, and, I, hey, Robin, here's what people are going to say. Well, you're on there every day talking about how you want somebody else and you don't want him. Well, that's, a, that's an opinion. That's an opinion based on, on facts. And I'm not getting in the mud wrestling around on this with somebody that has been meaningful in the past to this place as a player, certainly during an era in which I enjoyed. So even if you didn't like him, I think you can voice your opinion without going that far, but you know, that's well, kind of where we and, are with this right now. And the other part about this is we've got what, 1,500, 2,000 signatures. And that's a drop in the bucket of, of Colts fans. Uh, really? So it's not like there's some big mass movement here. Well, and also, and thank you, Rob, for the call. You can see it via social media you can see it every day it doesn't have to be on a scroll of pages 2500 plus and signing it for for jim ursay who is active again in social media to be able to check the pulse of the fans if he wants it's right there for him you guys tell him enough daily where they know i just the, the petition to me is unnecessary and I've also told you that the position, the, the the petition to me also could position Jim Ursay saying, "Hey, you know, maybe I am right about this. I'll show you. You never know how that's going to work. Never know." But Dan Quinn is out of it. Jim Harbaugh was my first. Jim Harbaugh went back to Michigan. Dan Quinn's going back to Dallas. So who should I pick next to eliminate? Officer Craig says, do you think it's possible that the Colts hire Saturday and end up parting ways with Ballard? I don't see them coexisting. I find that rather difficult myself, but I do not think, Officer Craig, that will happen. The coexisting part I do find difficult, however. From Rex, if the Colts drag this out long enough, Saturday will be the only candidate left that can get another job. Again, Dan Quinn says no. Actually, not saying no to just the Colts, saying no in general. So it's not just, hey, you know what, the Colts, that's an absolute mess. I'm not going there. He said he wants to go back to Dallas. And probably got a pretty sweet raise to go back to Dallas as the defensive coordinator. And if he was going to be anywhere in the NFL, people suggested that his place was going to end up being Arizona. So right now, if you're in Arizona, their fan base, probably a little bit more disgruntled because people thought that's where he was going to end up. Not even so much here. It's from Nate Thomas. With the way you keep picking and going ahead and picking Saturday, so he's not the next head coach here. You guys want me to pick Jeff Saturday so he's not the next head coach? Makes a lot of sense. Ed Warder reports uh, this as far as Dan Quinn is concerned. Dan Quinn interviewed with the Cardinals yesterday, but informed them and other teams he's remaining in Dallas. Quote, unfinished business here in Dallas. My complete focus is helping the team play championship ball in 2023. So he is staying there. No, Raheem Morris is still in the mix, too. As of right now.
Hey, JMV, I heard you talking about the Pacers a little bit earlier, too, and you're absolutely right. As far as this team is concerned, in any given situation, there is not enough margin for error for them to get past much. And normally you talk about that in terms of personnel missing, but last night you saw in the first quarter you cannot get past that dreadful of a defensive start and what they did in Orlando. And you know what? You are absolutely positively correct. And I just have brought this up again in terms of personnel missing, whether it's Halliburton or if it's Turner or anybody else. It is incredibly difficult to withstand any loss because of that lack of margin for error. But you can't give up, what, 46 in the first quarter? And this team has been very good at tracking down, getting down early, and then coming back and then winning games. I think Rick Carlisle said after the game last night, you have to play near-perfect basketball after that point to get back into it. And then... You also factor in Orlando played pretty well. Gary Harris had 22. All six three-pointers he shot went down. This team is interesting. This team is better than what we thought. But this team is all about its parts, and I mean all of them. There's still a lot of work to do. And I don't know if a lot of you lost sight of that, Got too excited over it. I tried to keep an even keel on the Pacers because while it was enjoyable and they were winning before that seven-game losing streak, you just kind of knew that things could tailspin if something like that happened. And certainly, it is in large part due to Tyrese Halliburton being gone, but it's also just a piece of a team that you lean on. Certainly, he's of the highest level of importance, but any piece that they lean on when they're inactive, when they're gone due to injury, when they miss some time, that is going to be a struggle. That is what you look for in this build, this continuous build, is to strengthen that margin for error, whether it's on the floor or it's injured player personnel. Uh, JMV, any word on Miles Turner, that injury at the end of the game last night, in case you missed it? Uh, Miles Turner, it looked like he stepped on the foot of Markel Fultz. He, however, did not. I think he just rolled his ankle. Now he got fouled. He shot a couple of free throws, knocked him down. They didn't get him subbed out in time, so he actually went back on the defensive end, made a defensive play where the Pacers went down on the other end. I think Matherin got fouled going to the hoop. And then he ended up coming out. I have not heard any word on Miles Turner and uh, that injury from last night. Initially, it looked like he stepped on somebody's foot, but with the replay, he did not. And that's unfortunate because Miles did have a good game last night. 22 points and 13 rebounds. 33 minutes of play. And the Pacers lose 126-120, and it was all about that start, and that has been an issue for them, starting games. And they do have a trend to come back, come out of it, and then go on to win games. But last night, you give up 46 in the first quarter, then you're just setting yourself up, not just for failure, but in oftentimes disaster. Most NBA teams will make a run, but you bury yourself like that, 
And believe me, it was everything, and especially three-pointers. Orlando stepping into three-pointers, knocking them down, getting whatever they want, getting to any part of the floor in which they wanted to get to. Uh, defensively, the Pacers were, I think, the biggest mess that we have seen. JMV, Dan Quinn staying in Dallas also means he is one bad losing streak away from being the Dallas head coach. That is not something I talked about. I think it's also the insulation from not being the coach right there, Mark, but you're probably right when it comes down to it. Uh, Dan Quinn has decided he is going to go back to Dallas and be the defensive coordinator. Unfinished business is what he alluded to. And he was supposed to reportedly get that second interview coming up here in Indy on Saturday. And, of course, that will now not happen. JMV, I don't think Quinn wanted to be associated with these crap water teams. That might be a little bit of that as well. But Dan Quinn is out of the running right now. And again, that probably takes away from what I told Mike Chappell. I thought maybe there was an opportunity to get this thing wrapped up by next Thursday. But uh, in case they have a hard target on somebody that's still going to be playing after this weekend, that is going to be, I think, what, until February the 13th, 15th, something like that? Yeah. Be a long time away. Now, we'll see. We'll see who loses this weekend. We'll see who wins and then plan accordingly. But Dan Quinn is going to be officially out of the running because he is going back to Dallas. Rob Blackman, a little bit earlier, that podcast is up, talked about the Boilermakers on the road in Ann Arbor against Michigan later on tonight. 9 o'clock is that tip uh, for Rob. His pregame, I think, begins at 8 p.m. tonight. And again, we talked to Dusty May, who's the head coach and a friend of mine, 21st-ranked Florida Atlantic. If you have CBS Sports Net, you can check out the product that we described to you earlier in the week, the former Green Countyan, just like me, Dusty May, and the Owls of Florida Atlantic and Middle Tennessee State. And that tip is at 7 o'clock tonight. That is, again, on CBS Sports Net, if you would like to check that out. All right, still to come, your chance to win, your chance to go to the Bowling U.S. Open, your chance to go bowling yourself with you and five of your friends. That should be a fantastic time with Royal Penn Woodland. When you hear Pete Weber's famous quote, Who do you think you are? I am. That's your cue to call. Number nine is going to be a winner. And remember, the Bowling U.S. Open up at Royal Penn Woodland will also at some point in time include Dodger outfielder Mookie Betts and country music artist Jimmy Allen. Both bowlers and both in the U.S. Open. So you may see them. That's going to go down at the end of the month. Your chance to win is coming up here before the 6 o'clock hour. Also, as a rookie, we'll go over the numbers, we'll go over the learning experience, and go over the offseason of wide receiver Alec Pierce of the Colts, who's set to join us coming up in the next six or so minutes again on a Thursday, and tomorrow's going to be a blast. The Alley Cat with Larceny Bourbon. Luna Zul Tequila, Locks and Shots tomorrow, and a Tavern Tour stop with Heaven Hill Distillery. That is our first for 2023. The tradition that is the Alley Cat in Broad Ripple 
3 o'clock tomorrow. You know that the samples are going to be flowing, and we're going to love to see you there coming up tomorrow afternoon at 3. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, and a Tavern Tour stop tomorrow at the Alley Cats in Broad Ripple. Again, tomorrow, love to see you there at 3. Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver, other side, 93.5107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. JMV does not suck at all. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. That is Blake T. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. He sounds a little bit different than that. 17 years of age today. You guys see the food delivery person go onto the floor at Duquesne last night? Pretty interesting. The legendary Bob Euchre is 89 years old today. Shout out birthday to Bob Euchre who, if you remember back in the 80s, actually that took place in the late 70s and into the 80s, the Miller Lite commercials were the absolute greatest all the way around. Now, obviously, Bob Euchre with the Brewers organization as the play-by-play man. Bob Euchre, the greatness that was in 89 Major League Leads the league in all categories, including nose hair. One of the greatest lines ever. I think also a co-star on Mr. Belvedere back in the day. But Bob Euchre in the Miller Lite commercials, nothing, and I mean nothing, was better than that. Bob Euchre is 89 years old today. Happy birthday to Bob Euchre, legend. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Potline, after a rookie season with the Colts. He is in the middle of an offseason right now, and he is wide receiver Alec Pierce of the Colts with us again on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Alec, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm going to start with going back a little bit. Some things off the top of your head that you soaked up as a rookie, your first year, if you will, with the Colts at wide receiver. Yeah, you know, I learned a lot of things. You know, had a great group of guys around, great coaching um, staff, you know, especially as a receiver learn from guys like, you know, Michael Pittman, Parrish Campbell, Ashton Doolin, and then, you know, having Reggie as our coach, just to learn a lot, of, you know, small things you can do to get open in the league. Um, you know, it's, it's, it all comes down to details and all stuff like that. So really just learn how to become a better route runner and like the things that I need to work on in the off season to become better. You know, a lot of us kind of wondered regarding Reggie, great guy, no doubt about that, played at such a tremendously high level. We kind of wondered, uh, how should I put this, the, the type of um, uh, patience he would have in you know teaching things and then seeing you guys, especially you as a rookie, learn things. How was he as a coach and, and that level of patience that it took to get you and your teammates at that position through things? Yeah, no, he was great as a coach, and, you know, I think he, he definitely has the patience. He understands kind of how it goes. Um, just like his with his path in the NFL, he had to kind of um, – it, it took him a little time to get going because, you know, he understands, you know, you're, you're a rookie, you got guys ahead of you. They're going to um, naturally be like the guys, you know, he had Marvin he had Marvin Harrison he was playing with. So, like, you know, you kind of got to sit and do everything you can to become as good of a player as you can, but a lot of times there might be a guy ahead of you. And you just got to, you know, try to do what you can to help the team win. 
Alex, Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver, coming off his rookie season with Panini cards. I want to get to that with you in, in just a second as somebody I'm sure that has a an ample card collection. Um, as a rookie, when you go through a season like that, that obviously w- was disappointed, not what you wanted, does that make it more difficult for you to put your best foot forward and acclimate than if you know things were great and you were going through this season at a higher winning clip? How was that as a rookie with a team that that obviously did not perform as is what everybody wanted. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it definitely you know losing isn't what we go out to do. So it definitely takes a little bit of the like you know the joy out of the game um, because you know you you work hard every week. You go in there and you're trying your best you know to prepare and have a good week of practice so you can go out there and win. And just you know when you go out there Sunday Sunday after Sunday and you know the result isn't what you wanted it to be. It takes a little bit of toll on you. Um, and definitely kind of makes it harder to, you know, just, just come into work every day, like, like excited. Cause you know, you've, you've been doing that same thing, but you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. I'm excited to see what happens this off season and get back for another year. Well, I was thinking about you in this case. I was thinking about you, Alec, in this case too, because I mean, the year prior, especially, I mean, week after week, it was mm-hmm. just like jovial in Cincinnati. You were celebrated. Right, right. Everything was going great. And then you kind of, you know, hit the wall and, and you're going through something that uh, certainly was a little bit foreign to you as far as this losing clip. And that probably had to take a minute to get used to. No, for sure. I mean, that's something I'd like never really gone through in my life. I don't, I don't know if I'd ever been on really like a losing team um, for any sport ever since I was a kid. So it was definitely something you had to adjust to and, and just was something I was not used to. How was Jeff Saturday as the head coach for you? He was great. Jeff's a great leader. Uh, he was someone, you know, he got us he got us really to practice really hard. I thought, like, once he came in, um, kind of just lit, lit fire onto the team. Very passionate um, and a great leader of men. So that's what I think, you know, was there he a big? He let us. Yeah. Was there a big difference between the the style of a Frank Reich who was there and then was let go midseason compared to what you got in the final portion of the season with Jeff? Yeah, I think it was a it was a little bit of a difference. You know, I think um, Jeff was definitely a little bit more like vocal and kind of like fiery, whereas you know Frank was Frank was a like you know really nice guy, but a little more soft spoken. You know, and he was more of like a like a mind, I'd say, whereas uh, Jeff, I'd say, was more of a, you know, kind of like fiery, like, like get you going type leader. It's uh, Alec Pierce, wide receiver with us. You allow yourself to watch what's going on in this coaching search, or do you sit back and just let those that are handling this handle this? Yeah, I haven't really uh, followed it too much. I mean, I see like on, on Twitter, Instagram, don't post a guy that's been, but I feel like it's been a lot of, it's been a ton of guys and I think I've lost track of all the cannons and I probably <laughs> only seen like half of them come through, but yeah, it seems like they're, they're doing their due, due diligence and I, you know, I trust the people that are making the decision to make the right decision. I think we've all kind of lost track of all the names here too, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no doubt there's, there's definitely a lot. I, I, I love what you brought up about not being used to going through a season like that too. Mm-hmm. It has to be yeah. that has to be for somebody on a winning level on a winning clip like that. Somebody like you that's had that much success that has to be difficult to get used to. You don't want to get yeah. used to it, by the way, either. But go ahead. I right, uh, hopefully we don't get used to it. Yeah, and it was like everyone says all oh, that first that first uh, NFL year for you is going to feel long. Like you're going to get to kind of you know December, and that's in college when you're normally getting there and going into bowl game, whatever, and you're pretty much done with your season. It's like and you still got you know six games left. 
Um, and you know what probably for for me made it feel long was the fact that like those six games I think we've lost every one of them, right? So it was like it just kind of that definitely made that made the season feel a little longer, like the losing and stuff. So. Does that allow you to take a, a take a? And I'm talking about you individually here, Alec. Do does that allow you to take a a deeper dive, a deeper look into your your individual performance than you would say if you came away with the game and you know not so much had a high level of success for you individually, but your team was having success. Do you look inside yourself a little bit more, look at yourself in the mirror more when things as a team isn't going well? Yeah, no doubt. I think because a lot of times you know you can. Your team gets a win, and you might not you might not play the best, but you're like, oh, like everyone's right. happy. Um, people aren't really you know diving into that film probably as much as they would be. But then when you lose, like people become more critical and they really look into it, like the coach and staff and all that. So you're definitely gonna know, um, like when you're losing, you're definitely gonna be more, I'd say, critical on your your own performance because you're like, oh, like maybe if I would have just if I would have just made this catch here, like we would have won the game or something like that. So. It definitely, I think, you know, as long as you don't tear yourself up about it, I think it can make you better. So, Alec Pierce, who is with us, so what's your off-season plan here? Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to get back to training here in, in, a, in a couple of weeks and go down to Tampa. But right now I'm on uh, Los Angeles. You're out there with uh, Panini, aren't you, right now? Yeah, Panini had us out here doing uh, autograph signings and stuff, so. Getting a little weekend, seeing a bunch of guys you know, I haven't seen since like the summer. Who's out there with you? Uh, it's like thirty other rookies, I think. So oh. a bunch of other guys. It's good to see my college teammates, uh, my Gardner and uh, Des Ritter. So it's good to run into those guys. You call him Sauce? Yeah, I'll call. I'll call him Sauce now. Like yeah, I think he's earned it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't call him that in college though. So. Did, did you ever? Did you ever have his Sauce from Buffalo Wild Wings? Did you ever try that? I actually have, and I I need to though. I need to try. Yeah. Is it still out, or is like a limited time thing? Um, I, I, I see. I did a thing every Monday at Buffalo Wild Wings here and around Indy, and uh, it was out there. Yeah. I don't know if the football season for you guys is over. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. But I mean, really, most of the time you could, you know, put some of that sauce in an old shoe. It probably would be good. You know what I mean? I'm not right, suggesting right. it's not good, but it it doesn't take greatness to be good it's good yes it's good yeah that kind of sounded like a jackass answer my bad and that wasn't good (laughs) so i'm so are you a card collector um i wouldn't say as much currently but i think i was just talking with some of the the panini workers here you know signing some things and like i do have i came across like i had like three binders of cards and it was you know I, i had them sorted out by football basketball and baseball from growing up so he was telling me all the things to look for. He said, go back and look and see if you got, like, any, like, Mike Trout rookie cards or, or like, Steph Curry rookie cards, stuff like that. Because so I'm going to have to, when I get home, because it was back at my parents' house, I found them. Um, I'm going to have to go look through those things. Yeah. It, Panini are the playing cards, and you can get one with Alec Pierce, obviously, too. And they have them say, on sale at Walmart, at Target. Hobby stores nationwide for you. You can check it out at Panini America. Dot net. What what was your reaction the first time you saw yourself on a card? That was pretty cool to see. You know, it was like definitely being something that I that I grew up collecting. You know, it's it's, it's really cool to see something like myself on those cards because that was something I would have you know opened up as a kid and been like pretty like thought was pretty cool. So yeah, it's definitely a really really cool experience. They take pictures of us here, and every time I get one done, I look back and I go, "Good Lord, why are you so fat?" I just find like nine different reasons why I hate this picture. Do you ever find? You ever go, "Wait a minute, this wasn't like there was a better shot 
going on of me than this one right here oh, when you saw yourself. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it's always you always like find something in the picture, but then next someone else like will look at it and like, oh, it's a good picture, you know. So <laughs> I mean, it's just you just everyone's critical on themselves, All right. Yeah, I can't stand any of the pictures around here. I think they use the pictures of me from like I was 12 here because I can't, <laughs> I can't stand any of the ones around here. Alec Pierce is with us. How long are you going to be out in L.A. with Panini? Oh, we're out here until Saturday. So we're going to uh, – it's also an event with the NFLPA. Yeah. And um, we're going to the – they got us going to the Clippers game. I think we're in like a suite tonight, so that'd be fun. Good to oh. see you. Oh, you're going tonight to the Clipper game? Clippers, yeah, Clippers Spurs, I believe. Oh, man. Well, well done out of you. That's a yeah. that's a good time out in, in L.A. Now, you're going to train in Tampa. Are you going to be back in Indy any point in time, or are you going to be out of town during um, the offseason? I'll be – I mean, I'll be I, – I, I think we're going to be back pretty early for OTAs, which having a new coach. So, I think, like, starting April, we'll be back. Um, so, I really just got, like, a month out, and then I'm going to go down to Tampa and then yep. know, get some good weather. Can't – can't really run routes out on the, on the grass field in Indy, right? <laughs> yeah, right now. I, don't, I don't know. It's snow. It was supposed to snow like uh, eight or so inches here, and we got like three and a half or something. So, yeah, I mean, you dealt with that when you were in Cincy, too. They would always predict yeah. heavy snow, and you guys hardly got anything because it's Cincinnati, right? So, right. Morally, how right. it goes. Hey, are baseball wise, are you more of a Cubs or White Sox guy or a Reds guy? I'm a Cubs guy. I, I grew up in kind of Chicago area, so I was a Cubs fan. It was great to see them. You know, I, I honestly haven't been as big of a fan ever since they won the World Series. I was a big fan of them, and I think just once they won the World Series, I kind of was like, all right, that the, the the mission's accomplished, and I haven't like followed them as much. But growing up, I definitely watched a lot of Cubs games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, which I guess you know, Indianapolis. That's they don't have a team, so that's. A lot of people are probably Cubs fans, right? Well, I'm a Reds. I'm a Reds yeah. fan, which is uh, yeah. not good because they Cardinals. suck. Yeah, I hate the yeah. Cardinals. Can't stand the Cardinals. Yeah. But the nah. Cubs. I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you yeah. that our friend Tucker Barnhart, who was with the Reds as a catcher once upon a time, is now the Cubs catcher. So he is going to be on the north side, and he uh, he is from Brownsburg here, locally oh, really? around Indianapolis, and he is a friend of the show and possibly listening right now. So we'll have to get to hook up one of these. Days and uh, head out yeah, to a we'll Cubs game home. with our friends uh, Tucker Barnard. And it's going to be, I'm kind of, it, it's begrudgingly for me. I hate the song Go Cubs Go. It's like the worst thing ever. I hate it. I can see what you said. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will now soak it up because because Tucker is a part of that. Did you grow up a Bears fan outside of Chicago? No, I actually grew up a uh, Packers fan. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, yeah, my dad's my dad's side of family's from Wisconsin, so they got me up to Lambeau when I was young. And I was I was a Packers fan ever since. You're hooked on that too, so you probably hate the Bears, then, right? That's weird. Being, I think, in the is it? Well, maybe it's not. Is that um, uh, weird I in your head? So, I mean, yeah, because obviously the Bears fans and Packers fans don't get along too well. But I had um, a decent amount of my friends. Like there was a couple. I had a couple friends growing up that were Packers fans also, but then the majority were Bears fans. But the Packers, you know. For the vast majority of my my life, were always better than the Bears. So it was uh, it was usually you know good to be a Packers fan rather than Bears. See, when I grew up here, the Colts just got here. I was fourteen in nineteen eighty four. The Colts got here, and I was an established Bears fan. So I was a huge Bears fan in nineteen eighty five when they lost one game to Miami, and then won Super Bowl twenty with the yeah. Monsters of the Midway. That was a hell of a time to be a Bears fan back then. Oh yeah, no, I've heard I've heard stories about that. It was the glory days. They still talk about them in Bears fans. It's like they're 
Yeah. Kind of all they got, right? There's not much uh, else to, to grasp. <laughs> <laughs> so, no doubt. Hey, awesome conversation. And again, I want to remind folks to get the card of Alec Pierce here in just an incredible, I'm, I'm assuming, motion kind of pass catching situation. I haven't seen it yet. Is it pretty awesome? They, they got a bunch of different ones. Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a, yeah, so they. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know which ones they'll get, but they'll they'll get something with a picture of me on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's not one where you're you know you know you're getting getting tackled or something right there. I hope you're like running through a tackle nah, or something. Usually, usually catching or running with the ball. I think they actually they just showed me one. I don't know. if They must have just got them printed out, but they they had one of my um my touchdown catch against Jacksonville, like my like the game oh, winning yeah. one they had yeah. in the end zone. Yeah, so it was a pretty cool one they showed me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll check yeah. that out again. Panini mm. is the card company. Walmart, Target, hobby stores nationwide. You can check it out at PaniniAmerica.net. He is formerly Colts rookie, uh, going into year number two this year at wide receiver for the Colts, Alec Pierce. Man, fantastic conversation. Enjoy your time in Southern California. And, man, look us up sometime. And if you uh, want to get to that Cubs game, I think we got a catcher that can get us to a Cubs game. So you let us know. All right, thank you. I appreciate you got that. All right, Alec. No. Thank you, man. Alec Pierce right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pileline. Good dude. He talked about that a little bit more than I thought he would talk about that, to be honest, regarding uh, the coaching and last year. There's no doubt. Skivvy says this. There's no doubt the buzz term is leader of man right there regarding Jeff. And that has been for a while. A quick break and we'll come back. Alec Pierce Podcast 1075thefan.com. Again, PaniniAmerica.net if you want to check out his action shots and his cards, multi-cards of Alec Pierce, PaniniAmerica.net. Mike Chappell, Rob Blackman, Alec Pierce, Podcast 1075thefan.com. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And. and 107.5. The Fan. 2012 U.S. Open. The P-Dub right there. Pete Weber with the great quote. U.S. Open's coming to Royal Penn at Woodland into this month. Plus, I'm at a couple of hours of bowling for you and five of your friends right now. Great place, Royal Penn at Woodland. And this is a great time to take advantage of that Number nine, two, three, nine, 1070. Yeah, you're going to go to, you're going to get a couple of tickets to go check out the U.S. Open as well. And then another caller is actually going to have the chance to bowl with the pros as Wait well. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. We've yep. got another caller. So we go on nine and 10. Double. Yes. Nine and 10. So the 10th is going to get an opportunity to bowl with a professional. That's awesome. See what we do for you guys here. See what we do. Does anybody else do this for you guys? Absolutely not. Number nine and number 10. Number nine is going to get a couple of passes to the Royal Penn Woodland U.S. Open. And also, that person and five friends get the bowl at Royal Penn at Woodland. And number 10. Number 10 is going to get the bowl with a professional. 
Charles Bryant says this. Hey, JMV, so I take a first date to see Kingpin. She hated it. There was no second date. I can agree with that. You know, it's kind of funny. When I first saw Kingpin, that was back when I was going to movie theaters still, and this held true as well. I saw Kingpin, and I saw something about Mary in Bloomington, out by the old Hills location, where the Kroger is now, out there, off of College Mall Road. Uh, and I think the night before, I I had a humdinger, if you know what I mean, prior to both, and I was falling asleep during both <laughs> in the theater. I was a little bit of a wreck. But, Charles, you're right, man. There is nothing more classic than Kingpin right there. For sure. Congratulations to those that are going to get a chance not only to go and have some fun bowling, that Royal Pin at Woodland, but also go to the U.S. Open, and then somebody's going to bowl with a professional. See what we do for you here? Hey, speaking of which, tomorrow, here's what we're going to do for you. we got a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. we also going to have a Tavern Tour stop all the same tomorrow in Broad Ripple at the Alley Cat. Can you guys make it? Can I see a show of hands? RSVP for me, if you will. And I know, I know most of you have never been in the Alley Cat before midnight in your life. But make an exception. Let's all come together tomorrow. We know that the Heaven Hill Distillery products will be flowing. We know the betting analyst Brett Holverson will be with me. And we know that there is going to be an incredible time. We all need an incredible time. That incredible time is coming up tomorrow. And it's the first time we've ever done a live show at the Alley Cat in Broad Ripple. Tavern Tour Stop and a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots Friday with betting analyst Brent Halverson. I'm telling you, this is going to be absolutely outstanding. So, hey, don't regret it. Make sure you're a part of it beginning at 3 o'clock coming up on tomorrow's show. In case you missed it, Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, has taken himself out of any consideration for any of these open gigs, including that of the Colts, who interviewed him once. He was ready for a second interview, I think, with the Cardinals, and actually was ready for a second interview here coming up on Saturday. Dan Quinn is going back to Dallas as the defensive coordinator, citing unfinished business. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, coming up again tomorrow as well. Alec Pierce was really good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that conversation. Alec Pierce, wide receiver, Colts, PaniniAmerica.net for his cards. Alec Pierce. Find it on a podcast if you missed any of that. 1075thefan.com. Mike Chappell, a ton of Colts coaching conversation a little bit early. And Rob Blackman's got the Boilermakers and the Wolverines tonight. That's a 9 o'clock start from Ann Arbor, Purdue, and Michigan. And that reminder, my friend Dusty May, actually our friend Dusty May from GC, Florida Atlantic, Middle Tennessee State, CBS Sportsnet. That is tonight in a little over an hour at 7 o'clock from Boca Raton. Eddie Garrison got through it today. Wasn't feeling that great. Fantastic job out of Eddie. Tomorrow, let's all reconvene. We're going to be in Broad Ripple at the Alley Cat. Brent Halverson, betting analyst. All of us tomorrow at 3. Cannot wait to see you there. Have a great night.